Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and our topic this afternoon is the pathetic state of the pound. The British pound is settled into a trading range, with sterling watchers suggesting that traders are awaiting developments in the contest to succeed Prime Minister Theresa May. Let's pause a moment to look at the big picture. The pound has already been utterly pounded. It's currently trading at $1.27. To put this in perspective, that is worse than 2009, when in the throes of the financial crisis, and long before anybody had ever heard of Brexit, Her Majesty's Treasury was bailing out numerous leading banks, most especially the Royal Bank of Scotland, which was bleeding billions of pounds worth of toxic assets. The world economy is currently in growth mode. There is no financial crisis, yet. So why is the pound so low? Well, as currency traders understand the matter, implicitly, the UK is in financial crisis. Let's be clear here. Britain has not exited the EU. So what we've had is three years of Brexit uncertainty. But it's an uncertainty that has been feared to resolve in the direction of a not-so-great Britain, one lacking preferential access to the world's second-largest market. For that reason, British firms over the past three years have reduced investment in the UK, and British firms have offshored to other locations in the EU and elsewhere as a business survival imperative. Needless to say, European and other firms have also reduced their investments in the UK. Now, one of the scenarios in the ever-changing yet still tedious Brexit analysis is a second referendum in which British voters, according to recent polls, have tilted in the direction of remaining within the EU. Yet this possibility would not make me a buyer of sterling. It's sort of like the difference between a great investment idea and a not-so-great investment product based on that investment idea, which is to say the political process in Westminster no longer matches sentiment on High Street. That's British, by the way, for Main Street. Tory leaders are working to attract their base, and Labour its base, and Bob is your uncle, as the Brits are fond of saying. And thus, it seems to me that the pound is heading toward parity with the dollar. If Theresa May's successor were a soft Brexiteer, the UK would get more uncertainty. If he were a hardcore Brexiteer, business would become harder and costlier. If political crisis forces an early general election and Labour were to win, that would be even worse for the pound. Labour's published platform already promises taxes and regulations that in their totality would out-Brexit Brexit and the party's leader in any case supports Brexit. The last time the pound reached near parity levels with the dollar was back in 1985. But there was no crisis in 1985. The problem, if you could call it that, was that the dollar was so incredibly strong as a result of Paul Volcker's Fed's quantitative tightening to defeat inflation and Reaganomics' strengthening of the U.S. economy. The U.S. responded to this by devaluing the dollar, but Britain, under the leadership of Margaret Thatcher, also pursued policies that strengthened the British economy. And ultimately, that is what is missing here. Brexit is not inherently bad for the British economy. The problem may be that, in breaking off from Europe, Britain has not simultaneously promised to create a low-tax, high-growth business haven along Europe's border. And therefore, barring any big change that is not presently foreseeable, I would expect a long-term devaluation of British assets. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please leave a review on Apple or Google Podcasts so that others can discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts.